getting down. Up, oh, can I go down to my knees? Here we go. Oh, no, I'm scared. I'll go down to my knees. Here we go. Whoa, up, Dale. That's, that's kind of good fun. Hey, the reason the audio is a little bit unusual uh, for a Sunday night is because I'm down at Motat, and for probably about the first time in mm, 10 years, I'm bouncing on a trampoline. And you might be wondering uh, what this has got to do with a show that's about apps technology and the internet well there's two reasons the first reason is it's a very high tech spring-free new zealand designed trampoline but the real reason is what's on the edge of it a big bloody screen looks like an ipad with some games on it what do these two things have to do with each other well i'm going to stop trampolining now before i expire and tell you all about it now Waiting just outside the trampoline, you'll be pleased to know I'm on level ground now, is Mr. Jonathan Collins. Jonathan, you're from Spring Free Trampolines and you're pretty heavily involved in the screen at the side of the trampoline. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, that screen has got uh, it's got some software on it called Tagoma, and uh, you're puffing a bit there, Vaughan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a very fit man, but I was uh, I was I was going hard on the trampoline. I was trampolining like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> Tagoma, T G O M A. Yeah, so it's an acronym. It stands for uh, Take Games Outside and Make Them Active, uh, and that's really the purpose of the whole product. We're 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 trying to uh, get people outside and active. So, but a trampoline, you know, I've got, I've got a, oh, actually I've got a trampoline out at the farm and no one goes on it at all. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe today's kids uh, would rather stay inside on their tablets than be outside on a trampoline. Well, this is it. When, when uh, people of, uh, you and I, our generation, you know, we were outside in our spare time uh, jumping on trampolines or climbing trees or whatever. There was, we were outside a lot. Nowadays, because of technology, um, is, kids are a lot more sedentary. Not just kids, everyone is a lot more sedentary. And so, uh, you know, that's really the goal here is to, to, uh, is to try and turn that around, try and engage people to get outside and be active a bit more. And so, you know, Tagoma is, is not just a screen on the side of a trampoline. It's actually a, there are sensors in this trampoline mat, and the sensors can detect where you're jumping on the mat, and it can tell how high you're jumping. And so that information is then sent via Bluetooth um, to the device, the, to the iPad that's on the side of the trampoline. And then with that information, then we can turn that uh, into creating apps and games that will then draw people out and get them jumping for longer. So it's, it's not just the screen, the touch screen, it's the, it, the, the whole trampoline is a smart trampoline. That's the idea, yeah, it is, yeah. So the sensors, the, the sensors at the side of the mat have got their accelerometers, so they can, they can tell where the person is. So if you jump to the right of the trampoline on the screen, uh, the cursor moves to the right. So effectively the trampoline turns into a massive controller system with the body's movement controlling the... the so the we're just a short step away from me hacking this into my computer and I could basically answer my work emails by jumping up and down different parts of the trampoline, Matt. Say yes. Uh, yes. But no. It well, of course you, you could. <laughs> no, this, that's entirely feasible. I mean, if this, you know, if this is just a, a sensor and it says where I, you know, I could use whole body bouncing gestural control to interact with the world. I could, I could tweet. I could tweet with this trampoline. You could one character at a time. So one jump, one character. It would be a slow process. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you're, effectively, your body movement is then the controller. So where you jump, it then determines what goes on on the screen. So g give me an example of the stuff, and we'll, we'll post this on the blog um, tomorrow morning so you can, you can see some examples of this yourself, but give me an example of the sort of games people might play on this trampoline. 
Well, we've got a raft of different games. You know, there's fitness apps, educational games, and just just fun games to try and get people moving. But so, so fitness seems kind of obvious, but but yep. we'll, maybe we'll come back to that. But tell me about the educational games. Well, like for example, we've got one called Math Hopper, and designed for young kids to help them with maths and and. On the screen, you might have an equation, two plus two, and then a, a, a selection of four different answers uh, on the screen, and they have to jump on the mat in the corresponding area. So if the, if, if the, the number four is on the right hand of the screen, they have to jump to the right hand side of the so mat. So it becomes a multi, you're using it as a multi-choice answering thing. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, right. though, you know, um, my, my kids are not sitting inside doing maths games, and I'm not going to use maths games to bribe them onto the trampoline. They're, they're inside shooting people. Yeah, we've got games like that as well. So, you know, we've got... There's 15 different games and apps, and so some of them are educational, some of them really are just all about fun and really just about saying to kids, right, if you're going to be using technology, make sure it's active technology. Get outside, jump around, then you can have your, your, your fun games out there. So... Yeah, we, we've, we've been careful to make sure that it's all about engaging kids. It's not just all about the educational stuff. There's, there's, there's a good balance going on there. And, and what's the history of this? How, how did it all come about? I mean, maybe we should just talk about the trampoline itself. So I'll, I'll, let's go for a stroll around the trampoline. So the, the trampoline is circular. More, was it? It's kind of a, a mushy circle, isn't it? Well, this, this is the square of our model. Oh, it's square. -er. Round-cornered square. Okay. So, but we've got oval ones and, and uh, round ones and square ones, depending on and 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 what's the what's the diameter of it? What's the what's the size of it, edge to edge? About three meters, four meters? Yeah, yeah this particular one. That, so we're down at Motat at the moment. The one at Motat, yeah, that's a three three meter um, diameter, or from edge to edge trampoline. And the whole thing, it's a bit, it's a bit like ca you know non-lethal cage fighting. So the whole thing's got a net around it, which kind of held on these um, I don't know what are they car carbon fi fiberglass yeah, carbon. rods. Yeah. And, but, the, but, the, but the big thing about it is, whereas my, my trampoline, or the one I grew up on, used to have these uh, devices around the outside to catch children and break their legs, um, otherwise known as a steel frame and springs, this, this kind of, if we crouch down, has got a, um, uh, what would you call it? Well, uh, again, these are, these are fiberglass rods, so they're not dissimilar to how a fishing rod, you know, the, 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 um, it's fiberglass resin compound, which is similar to how f fishing rods work. Uh, they, they pull the mat tight, there's no springs. I mean, the, the reason why we're here at Motat is that it's, this is quite an innovation. This is the first time for 80 years that um, anyone had actually redesigned the trampoline from ground up. And the reason was um, the professor at engineering at, at Canterbury wanted to remove all of the reasons, all of the ways that kids could injure themselves on a trampoline. And most of the injuries were falling off, so he created this great enclosure. The big, the big net around it, yeah. Yep. Uh, the other injuries were putting your legs through the springs or catching your, your skin in the springs. So he did away with the springs altogether, which is what the rods we've been talking about. Um, and or falling on the frame, you know, as, you, as you mentioned, you know, the frame on the, on the spring freeze down where you can't fall on it, it's impossible to actually fall down there. So, you know, he just engineered out the injury uh, impact points. So, so, so founded and invented by a, what, Christchurch engineering professor? Yeah, yeah, he's he's um, professor of engineering at Canterbury University, uh, Dr. Keith Alexander. Yeah. And, and how long ago was that? What's been the? I know we, we're going to talk about Tagoma a bit more, but yeah, I'm, the, sure. I'm painting a picture of this uh, trampoline here. How, how long ago was this? And, and you know, what was the what was the journey for this thing? Uh, it's been it's been on the market internationally for ten years, twelve years now, and so it's it's been it's been a path from Christchurch invention through to now a global brand that we're sold in 25 countries around the world, and. Um, uh, yeah, the Tagoma innovation is really just an extension of a continuous innovation that we've been trying to put into the brand, you know, just looking for ways to improve 
And so, you know, technology was, was a, a logical next step to try and draw kids back to the trampoline, away from the computers, away from their phones, move more than just their phones, move the whole body. That was, that was the whole idea. At, at the risk of turning this into an infomercial, what, what, what does this, this, this big unit cost, the, the four-metre four squarish uh, trampoline, set aside the, the Tagoma side of it? What, what's the trampoline itself cost? Um, lots. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, the prices vary depending on the size that, that you're getting. This particular one is about two grand. But oh, that's, that's less than I thought. This is sounding like an infomercial. <laughs> I can't believe it's so cheap. Well, to be honest, you'd have to look at the website because I don't know. I don't know. What's, the, what's, the, what's the web address? Uh, it's springfree.co.nz, but I don't know the pricing off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not in the sales and marketing team, so I don't... Well, you are now. You are now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all in the, in the sales and marketing team. So I, 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 I had good fun on that. I imagine um, one market, of course, would be drunken adults, uh, but, but you, you must know about a, a bit about who trampolines. Who trampolines in this country? Well, it, it is kids, but I mean, actually, the adults is an interesting thing you raise there because we... we it is, there was a study that was done by NASA not that long ago. They were trying to work out the best way to um, get their um, astronauts back into shape after being in weightless in, in space. Yeah. And, and so they worked out that trampolining was probably the best thing you can do in terms of aerobic fitness. Ten minutes of trampolining is worth going for is about the same as a half an hour run in terms of aerobic value. So I've, I've been for a ten minute run today already just, just by just by bouncing around on the trampoline there earlier. Yeah, well that's, that's right. impressive. A couple of minutes on that. So, you know, really it's three times as effective as running. Wow, well we've got a, we've got a five minute ad break coming up so I sh we should, we should uh, take the equivalent of a 15 minute run and when we come back we'll talk about the Tagoma tablet and technology itself. Back soon. Let me paint you a picture. It's about four meters across. It's surrounded by a net. It's kind of like the venue for a non-lethal cage fight. And unlike that old trampoline that your cousin broke a leg on that one time at school camp, you can't see the springs because they're underneath. But you know, the really interesting thing here today is in front of me, and you might be able to hear a bit of music in the background, is a screen. And on that screen is a computer game. Uh, this is part of a technology that Spring Free Tramps has developed called Tagoma. The game I'm playing now is called Alien Squash or something like that. And in front of me, I can see four little holes. Occasionally, an alien pops out of them. By jumping forwards, backwards, left and right, I change the position of the cursor on the screen and squash aliens. It's a lot of fun, it's quite good exercise, and to be honest, I am almost out of breath. So I'm gonna hop out of this trampoline now, make my way whew, through the zip thing, and resume my chat with Spring Freeze, Jonathan Williams. Hey, buddy. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan Collins. Jonathan Collins. I'm practically hypoxic here, so, so you, can, you, can, you can understand uh, why I got that one little detail wrong. Well, you're working hard. I mean, it, it certainly gets the old heart rate going, doesn't it, when you're jumping up and down there? It does get the heart rate going, and, and uh, apparently gets the heart rate going, well, gets the, gets the exercise value three times that of going for a run. That's right. The study that, that was done by NASA a while back. Three times as effective, right? Three, well, th this is it. Yeah, I mean, so what they were trying to do was trying to get their um, athletes uh, back into condition. And after being weightless in space for so long, they wanted to... What was the most effective exercise that they could do to get uh, their athletes back into shape? And they concluded that trampolining was pretty much it. You, ten minutes on a trampoline had the aerobic value of a 30-minute run. And, and I'm guessing... Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I can't be sure, but I'm guessing it's probably a little bit easier on the knees 
and hips and all those things that tend to afflict you as you become an old runner. Yeah, that's it. So it's it's low impact. It doesn't doesn't affect the joints and also the G forces that you get at the bottom of the jump. It, um, they help with the fluids in your body. So your lymph system and all these other things are really you know your cells, everything have been really enhanced by this jumping experience. I, I never thought I'd be here uh, today talking about talking about my lymph system, but uh, you know Sunday social is full of surprises. So we talked before the break about the spring free trampoline itself, uh, you know, which was a, a revolution in itself. Uh, but tell me about how you went from just having a particularly, you know, wonderful trampoline to having a, a trampoline with computer games attached. Well, it came about sort of five or six years ago. We had a, a, an electronics engineer approach this, and he happened to be a um, competitive trampolinist. So he had represented New Zealand at the World Champs, and, and they were bringing in a new law with judging, or a rule with judging, that uh, they needed to have uh, people's height as part of the judging criteria. That, that, that rule has been in since I used to go to the Power Pram Motor Camp as a kid. That was pretty <laughs> much the only rule in the trampoline competitions well, how was how high you go. High you go. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you're saying this has not always been part of the competitive trampoline circuit? I'm not sure they had an accurate way to measure it. So John had, had come to us and... Peer, peer, peer acclamation, pretty much. Claps. Clapsies. Yeah, that's right. Or just visual cues, you know. But um, he'd worked... He tried laser beams and he tried all sorts of things. But he, he came to us with the idea that he could use sensors in a trampoline trampoline mat to do detect where people were landing on the mat but also how high they were jumping. Now we're a you know backyard trampoline company not a competitive you know not a competition trampoline so we saw domestic applications for this idea and so we worked with John you know and we've been sort of five years of R&D to really get it to a place where it's something that we can take to market. So there's, there's, there's two sorts of apps, as I understand it, that you, you offer through Tagoma. One is, one is the games, such as the, the whack-a-mole I, uh, I was just playing. Um, well, the, the modern equivalent of whack-a-mole I was just playing. The other is the fitness ones. And this, this, this really interests me because, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a Fitbit. I think half the people listening probably are because we're all such athletic people here in New Zealand. Um, there must be scope for plugging not just my bouncing but my heart rate, my respiration, all, all those other things that can be measured into, into the Tagoma ecosystem. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, when, when, when you... You hear, you hear the results of that NASA study about how good it is for you. You know, you realise there must be something more you can do with this product. It's no longer just a backyard toy for kids. And so um, we worked with a New Zealand trampoline coach uh, to put together a Tagoma Fit app, which measures how many jumps you're doing, how long you've been jumping, shows you the correct way to do various jumps, but it also um, reports back to you your energy that you're burning. So we can tell you your calorie burn rate as you're jumping. Um, and then, yeah, the integration of uh, heart rate monitors, we haven't done it yet, but we've worked out a way that we can do so. So, um, yeah, look, it's all just, you know, ways of extending, using technology to, to extend this idea of activity. And you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned in the break that part of what you offer, because, you know, the, this is an internet-connected trampoline, basically. This, this, is, this is a living example of the internet of springs. One of the things you can do is compare your performance to others, and we love that, right? That's true, although I will just say, say that even though... It's, it's actually Bluetooth connected, so you, so the trampoline is talking to your device by Bluetooth, so you don't have to have the internet on. And so, you know, if you're worried about your kids 
been on the internet instead of jumping on the trampoline, just turn the Wi-Fi off. It doesn't require Wi-Fi or, or internet to use this thing. Um, because it's a global product and because there are people jumping all over the world, we've able to sort of set up international competitions. So if you're a, if you're a kid jumping in your backyard in Auckland, it's interesting to see on your screen that, you know, you might be just 50 jumps away from beating some kid in Kazakhstan or, or in Seattle or wherever. Um, and so uh, it's... Um, yeah, it brings in that global competitive element to it, just makes it more interesting. And the numbers people are clocking up are pretty huge, right? Uh, we have a monthly Hall of Fame, which is a competition to see who can do the most jumps. And, and uh, more often than not, there's someone doing over 100,000 jumps a month to get into that top list. Do, do you have one at home? I do. And, and, and so, so even after a hard day at Spring Free working on, you know, trampolines and trampoline games, there's no better way to unwind <laughs> than go home and have a good old trampoline. It's the best part of my job. And, you know, if anyone says, oh, you're just out there playing, I'm saying, oh, no, this is, this is work. You know, this is my job. <laughs> So, so tell, tell us about the company. You're based down there in Christchurch, which um, is, is actually has a long heritage of manufacturing, but is not so well known for high technology. Yeah, well, actually, it, it's not a, it, it is actually quite a high-tech hub. I mean, is it, there's quite a few companies doing software out of Christchurch. We've got our own in-house software team, so we've got uh, software developers in as part of our team to create new apps for Tagoma specifically, but we've also worked with software partners, uh, Cerebral Fix, um, to generate this product so yeah no it is actually quite a and you know the, the pleasing thing for, as a New Zealand company is that really all of this technology is is being led out of Christchurch out of New Zealand and yet it's sold globally so it, it's it's yeah it's good to see Kiwis innovating so let's talk about who's using uh, or who's buying and using these things I know when I when I was growing up trampolining you kind of lost interest to, in trampolining at 11 well actually you probably regained interest in trampolines around 16 17 but that was for totally different reasons who's buying and using these things around the world just kids just adults or I mean, yeah well actually you know you're, you're pretty much bang on there it's true that people buy them it, it, interestingly New Zealand and Australia people families buy trampolines when their kids are maybe four or five years old three even younger actually two three years old whereas in north america canada australia and us um it's a lot older you know they're buying them when the, the kids are six or seven but you're right when when kids hit teenage years they tend to that usage drops off and that's one of the reasons we've brought this technology in is to try and lengthen the engagement of the trampoline so that kids instead of teens lobbing around on the couch and just exercising their thumbs we actually want them to get outside back on the trampoline and exercising the whole body so you've, you've, you've launched into the market, you've got 15 games, a mixture of, you know, and, and they're kind of, they kind of seem like primary school facing arcade games is kind of how they seem to me, plus some fitness ones. Where, where do you see this going? Where do you see this developing? Uh, we've, we've, we've tried to have a quite a wide range of games and, and apps. And, and in fact, you know, there's a number of educational games. We've just brought out one yesterday called Quizzle, which is a trivia app. And that's, uh, you know, it's got the educational element, but, you know, we're hoping it's still, well, we know it's still a lot of fun as well. So there's, you know, there's a number of different streams into education, into fitness, and then into just engaging. You, you, sh you should bring out a family. I'd like to see a family feud. I'd like to see Di Henwood on a trampoline, little fella jumping up and down there. It'd be funny. Well, you know, there is, there is a family 
competitive element to this because each person you can put in the name of all the siblings, all the kids, and then you can play quizzle against each other. So you know, oh, I got this score, well, oh, I got this score, and there's definitely a family competitive element in it. And that, that's again one of the things we're trying to do with this is instead of the parents just saying to the kids get outside and the kids are out there by themselves, we're hoping the whole family are going getting out and using this and trying to beat each other and trying to make it a bit more of a family activity. Fantastic. Hey, I'm going to jump back on the trampoline and uh, and round things out, but. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jonathan Collins from Spring Free, thanks so much for joining me on Sunday Social. Thanks very much for having us. I'm just going to pop back in here now because I can't get enough of this. Um, don't forget, come back after the break, where we've got the apps, social media news and websites of the week. I'm Vaughan Davis. Back soon. Woo! Well, you know what, I'm back right now because uh, trampoline, trampolining me just lost all track of what was going on. It's very, it's very hard. It's very hard as a, uh, as a person not in your teens to, uh, to trampoline, record a radio show and, and play a computer game all at the same time. But as anyone who knows me knows, I'm quite the multitasker. Um, yeah, that was a heck of a lot of fun. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to post the uh, the details of Spring Free Trampoline on the uh, on the blog at radiolive.co.nz probably on Tuesday. And of course, you can have a listen back to that most bouncy of interviews at radiolive.co.nz under shows and Sunday Social. And if you're a uh, podcast fan, I know some of you are, you might be listening to the podcast now, uh, have a look at iTunes and just search, search my name, Vaughan Davis or Radio Live and you'll find the show. Hey, after the break, Mr. Julian Waters is in the studio already with the apps, social media news and, and well, he's got a very interesting gadget. He doesn't have it here because that would be mm, blasphemous, but he's going to talk about it back soon. Sunday Social. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social and a big Sunday night welcome to Mr. Julian Waters. Welcome, buddy. Thank you, Vaughan. Good to see you. It's Happy Easter. Is that what you say? Do you say Happy Easter? Happy Easter. I suppose you do. I don't know. I get so confused. I don't know which, which day is the God's dead and which day is the God's not dead and which day is the supermarket closed. It just all gets too confusing. Oh, you didn't have enough of a Catholic upbringing like I did. I know all about it. And well, I do, they, do, they, do, they, do they cover supermarket closing days in your Catholic upbringing? See, what, that, that's, it, that's news you can use, Julian. You're supposed to spend the whole bloody weekend stuck in church. So Sweary. You don't go near it either. Sweary Mary. Oh, well, oh, more, 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 here's, my, here's my Catholic advice to you for Easter Sunday. Maya Corpa. More Mary. Less sweary. Do you like that? Oh, there's no Mary in the Easter story. Oh, I get so I get so confused. Hey, um, I, I did I did something um, I, I did something before you came that I haven't done in several years. That sounds uh, ominous. Yes, it's it's something that gets a lot of criticism. It's something that you see a lot of people from other countries do when they're when they're visiting. Um, it's something that uh, my old colleague Marcus Lush is unafraid of public opinion, as you, as you probably know, so he, he's quite a fan of it. Can you guess what it is? What was I doing? I don't want to guess. What was I guess. doing? I used a selfie stick <gasps> for about the first time in mm, four years, and it was good. It took me about half an hour to pair it to my phone, but um, once I'd done that, once I'd done that, the selfie was good. I was very happy with it. I was very happy with it. But you've got some news about, uh, about neck-level selfie sticks. Neck-level selfie sticks, Neck-level yes. selfie sticks, pretty much. I'm not talking about a broom-length selfie stick. I'm talking about some, some very high technology for taking perhaps the ultimate selfie. Well, yeah, if you, and we know we all need the ultimate selfie when we're taking one. So, so why be restricted by a pole 
sticky. You know what? The, the self it renders the selfie stick like the old. Do you remember the old plug-in remotes for TV before they had infrared? I actually remember seeing one of those. You just plug a cord in to a I remote. I really, I really do not. <clears throat> well, I, I believe I've seen something like that. So, so this is a hands-free selfie device. It's a drone, exclusively available from Apple. And as we a just selfie drone. It, it looks, you know, from the picture, it looks kind of like a. Yeah, almost like a plastic tray, almost with a camera in the middle. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, looking. I'm looking at it too. It's called the um, it's called the the passport, which is I don't know why it's called the passport, but it's called the passport. It looks yeah, a little bit like a, a plastic uh, kind of one of those vegetable trays or yes, milk crates you might get, like. except except tiny and little, and it just floats in front of you and and records your every move because it's clever enough, of course, to know what your face looks like and where you are. So it knows to focus on you as you move and as it moves. Aren't these drones wonderful these things? These drones are kind of wonderful. So, so this is not available yet in New Zealand, but if you, uh, if you have um, a, uh, an Apple ID in another country, which some people do, kind of useful, uh, available in five countries, including the United States, at uh, apple.com. Um, 499 US, so it's quite expensive. You would need to be next-level vain to buy one of these things. I can think of plenty of people that'll be rushing to get one. Yeah, well, okay, I have, a, I have, a, I have a confession. We're going to have one the next time we. Uh, no, no, we're not. Studio. We're not. Um, this this kind of broke my heart because I, I saw this as available, and what this did was filled me with um, regret. I backed on Kickstarter about a year ago um, another selfie drone, which I thought was a really, really cool thing. It, it kind of looked like a. I don't know a, a blob of mercury. It was kind of like a like a um, like a chocolate button. It was the shape of a chocolate button, but about the shape of a, but about the size of a saucer. Am I painting a picture? And <laughs> it was it was, sort of, it was it was metallic and beautiful, and it had four little rotors. It was called a lily, and it would do much what this passport thing did, which which is very the, the apple the one available at Apple the selfie drone is a very utilitarian looking thing, but yes. the uh, but the lily unusually for Apple. Yeah, the lily is a work of art. The only problem is they they just kept sending me emails and all the other you know hundred thousand dollars who'd hundred thousand people who'd spent their money to back it, and uh, eventually. The email stopped coming, and then one day there was an email saying, "Hello, we're the lawyers, we're the receivers." And uh, yeah, no Lily, which is a real shame. It's a real shame. It's the, it's the only thing I've, I've backed on Kickstarter that's been a disappointment. Yes, exactly. Not to put you off, uh, dear people of radio live listenership, you should support innovative projects on Kickstarter and on the New Zealand equivalents, but. Yeah, if it's technology that seems like it might be hard to bring about, sometimes it is. Well, this one had, had a video of it working. They just couldn't make it work at scale. The very coolest mm. thing is this this Lily drone, which doesn't exist anymore. You could throw it in the air before you turn it on. Just throw it in the air, and it goes, ooh, I'm being thrown in the air. And suddenly, vunk, out come the four rotors. Vunk, 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 vunk. All the motors start, and it's flying the right way up taking footage of you, which is really quite cool. Have you have you backed anything on uh, on, on Kickstarter yourself? No, I, I'm a bit shy. Oh, dear. A bit, a bit yeah. shy, you've got, a you've, bit scared. You've, you've got to go it's, on Boots and All. I've, I've done yeah. a couple recently. They've both been absolutely fantastic, both very space geeky. Do you know? Did you know I'm a space geek? 
I didn't know you're a space geek. I didn't know that you're a grown a, a drone a drone geek. No, we're not totally because the drone never arrived. I, I back. Yeah. I, I want to talk about some other things, but I back, we're going to talk about space in a minute. Um, and I backed two things on Kickstarter, which were absolutely fantastic, and both of them were reprints of 1960s documents from NASA. The first one, mm. well, in fact, one was 70s, one was 60s. The first one was the the NASA graphic standards manual from the 90, late 1970s, which is just where to put the logo if you have a space shuttle and you need to paint the logo on it and what font to use and all that sort of stuff. Everybody needs one of those. Absolutely beautiful. Comes in a mylar, which is that sort of um, silver sort of plasticky foil in a mylar wrap. Mmm, so 1980s. And the second one, have you seen the movie um, Hidden Figures? Hidden Figures. I, I need to. I haven't got the yet. Yeah, you should. So Hidden Figures is the story of the women, predominantly, almost all women, who did the manual calculations or the woman-your calculations behind the uh, the early part of the space program and then, th- then they became computer programmers. Well, what they worked towards was a flight plan document, which is the thing, a ring binder uh, with all the, um, the mission procedures, which way to point the rocket, how long to fire the engine, all that sort of stuff. And someone on Kickstarter, bless them, decided they would find the original files, scan them in at very high resolution, print them out, bind them in a, a period-looking ring binder, so I now have at home the Apollo 11 flight plan. Oh, get out. You want to come home with me, don't you? I, I, I just sort of imagine you do anyway, when, right when out that of the would box. be handy. Oh, no, well, no, yeah. no, it's handy. You can, you can sit there watching an Apollo, Apollo 11 documentary, leafing mm-hmm. through the flight plan and go, oh, I know what's happening next because it's in the flight plan. The Apollo 13 flight plan might not be uh, quite so prescriptive. I've heard you've done interesting things with flight plans lately. Um, I realise you talked about this last week. But yes, I I, I get it, I suppose. If you're, especially someone like yourself who can be hands-on with these things, uh, perhaps not in space, not yet anyway. I mean, I don't want to limit your ambitions with your uh, piloting, but yeah. Well, my, 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 current, my current aeroplane, Julian, can only go to 20,000 feet, which is by no means the edge of space, uh, and the air is getting pretty thin up there. But um, the, the next wee story, the next wee story that you want to share um, is very much about going entirely to the edge of space and, well, for political reasons. Well, we, hey, the space race was for political reasons, but this is a bit closer to home. Yes, I don't know if the, whether to laugh or cry at all this sort of thing because... Oh, laugh, but, it's better radio. It's better radio to laugh, you know. So, hey, is, we've got this guy, you know, running America in charge of all this sort of thing. And a lot of people aren't, aren't that crazy about the political Well, big pro- protests all across the United States today. Again today. On the ground, on the ground. But you're, you've got this, pro- one's in, this one's in the... This one's even above the air because you cannot limit protest. Protest must go as far and as high and deep as as you can take it and in this case it has gone to space thanks to the autonomous space agency network and yes that's nasa backwards oh look at that yes and Uh, and what did they do what did they do cut the chase they printed out a tweet uh look at that you son of a can i say that last word on radio um yes you can because it's easter bitch uh tagging trump's personal twitter account then they attached the sign to a weather balloon and flew it at ninety thousand feet which is substantially higher than your plane can fly. The point of that being, hey, we're talking about it on the radio, which is which is which is kind of neat. If you is... if you want to see more of it, there's there's a two hour YouTube video of this 
the camera from the uh, balloon filming this tweet with the earth in the background. It is quite a beautiful thing to see. It does. It does mm. look pretty neat. Now there, there was the, we, you. You told me about something else, and I'm trying to think if I wrote it down. Um, very, very cool about a. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going on the uh, on the Trump thing. On the Trump tweets. But you, the bot. You you talked yeah. about a a physical robot that does something with Trump tweets, and I can't find the notes, but um, that, it, it looked pretty cool. The, it looked pretty cool. Tell me about that. These are the kind of things that we, that we really love, <clears throat> where we connect one thing with another thing. So you connect Twitter with a printer, with a video camera, with a, another tweet. So this uh, device, or this set of devices has been set up so that every time Trump tweets something, this bot which is Which is quite out. often... Yeah, too often. Not uh, as often as me, but still quite often. And, and not as engaging either, or entertaining. But he prints uh, this, this, so this setup, this bot will print it out uh, in front of a video camera, set it on fire so that it burns. Get out. It, and this, 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 post little, a video. this little robot prints the tweet out and sets it on fire. Just treatment, wouldn't you say? You can go to Twitter, go to Burned Your Tweet at Burned Your Tweet, and you can see this in action. Not That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So if you look up, even if you're not on Twitter, uh, and I urge you to be on Twitter just so you can follow Julian and even me, um, go to Burned Your... Just Google uh, Burned Your Tweet, and, you, and you'll see a nice little video of this robot doing nothing other than printing out tweets just so they can be burnt. Well, a lot of people would say that, you know, that's the, you know, get some warmth from them. It's the best possible use you could put a tweet to. I, I wonder if they'll expand and allow you to nominate people's tweets to be burned. Wouldn't that be fun? That could be a business model in that, couldn't it? They really could. Yeah. Hey, um, this this next one, this, this, it's, it's um, from, from a literal burn to the, uh, I guess, the personal sort. Um, announcement from Facebook last week that revenge porn, so they're doing something about revenge porn, but they're doing something quite clever. And... Facebook has announced that they are putting in place some, again, robotic, automatically intelligent agents to identify and remove revenge porn, which is, which I think is quite clever. Did you, did you, um, did you hear that announcement when it came out? I, I missed it originally, and and it's not something that would be on my radar because. Yeah, I mean, well, you just never know what someone's got of you, though, do you? you? you well, you never. Well, you probably do because you sent it to them that night. But so, so revenge porn, revenge porn for the yes. uninitiated is Julian. You and I are lovers. Let's just say we are. It's not it so would, far fetched. It would make You're, life a lot simpler. It's for not both so of us. far fetched. You're a very good-looking man, and in 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 the throes of well, quite possibly long-distance passion, I send you an intimate photograph of myself, thinking, oh, well, that he's going to like that. But the relationship goes sour. And you subsequently decide to share it on social media and go, hey, look, here's Vaughan with his nakedness. That's revenge porn. Well, Facebook has long had reporting processes in place. And this is, this is good news for everybody. You should all know this. Every single piece of content on Facebook, top right corner, there's a little triangle, little grey triangle pointing down. Click on that and there'll be an option that says something like, this shouldn't be on Facebook or report this post or whatever. And that's for an ad, it's for a comment, it's for a post, it's for a photograph, it's for anything. And when you click on that, it takes you through an automated decision tree. That's what they call it, isn't it? Is that what they call it? You're, you're yeah. in the internet business. Decision tree? Uh, decision tree, yes, set of windows, yes. A set of windows. Um, that leads you, know, you, you through the, 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 the path of, of telling Facebook what the problem is with it. Now, if you say it's revenge porn or the image shouldn't be on Facebook because it's revenge porn, not 
only, and this is the cool bit, this is the robot bit, not only does Facebook go, oh, well, Julian, you should not have posted that picture of Vaughan, not only does Facebook, and this is human intervention at this point, not only do they take it down, maybe I shouldn't have taken my trousers down, Julian, maybe that's the real moral of the story here. Oh, we all do it, don't we? We all do it. Um, Apparently. Not only does Facebook remove that image, Facebook then uses its robots, robots for good though, to search all of Facebook and identify similar or indeed identical pictures. So if you've you know posted one photo of me in some place and you, and you think I'll just post that again and again and again in all sorts of different people's timelines, um, Facebook automatically tracks it down and removes it. So I think that is absolutely pretty cool. Damn Skippy it is, yeah. Damn and, and Skippy. It's, 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 you know, I didn't realise this this whole online sort of revenge thing was so huge. But uh, it's a little aside, Tickled, New Zealand movie, is, is on uh, iTunes New Zealand for a dollar rental this week, so I finally got around to watching it. Great movie, David Farrier, etc. Uh, it, um, the guy in that movie is just crazy with his online revenge, not porn, but... Well, actually, it's well, sort spo- of is, spoiler, you know, yeah. spoiler, he's dead. Well, yeah, it's... He died. I, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, can we say that doesn't seem like a terrible thing? You know, that's well, at least no, the time, or no, is that a bit no, no. mean? We're, I mean, we're all God's children, Julian. We're, we're all God's, God's children. children. Some of us are not as nice as others. No, I'm not nice at all. Hey, um, just, just before we, we go to a wee break, um, I want to talk about this little story. And this is, um, this is a good one for parents, and there'll be a lot of parents, parents and grandparents, who have seen their kids texting or messaging or WhatsApping or whatever, and it all just seems like code, this this crazy impenetrable code that uh, people are using to communicate with each other. And the UK media sort of breathlessly uh, ran a story a couple of days ago saying, um, you know, the 110 sexting terms every parent should know, the 110 sexting terms. And then you go, oh, I'll click on that, and that's kind of the point, right? That's kind of the point. I'll click on that. But um, Lots of people have. Yeah, they have. The, the majority of them, the majority of them, to be honest, are not really to do with sexting at all. Here's the shock horror. Um, G-A-L means get a life. I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that. G-A-L, get a life. Uh, um, R-O-T-F-L, we know that means rolling on the floor laughing. Um, LOL means laugh out loud. Who knew? Um, but there are there are a couple. There are well, IM means instant message. Shot car scandal. Um, there are a couple. There are a couple that um, that I hadn't heard of. Uh, FWB, FWB. If I said FWB, would you understand what that meant? Friends with benefits. Uh, yes. That's right. You get to walk my dog. Um, <laughs> and I W S N. I mean, you probably have to explain it. You probably have to explain it. I W S N. I want sex now. Hey, uh, on that note, on that note, we'll uh, we'll take a very quick break and be back with the apps and websites of the week. Back soon. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. Radio Live Morning Talk with Mark Sainsbury. Is voting so important we should be made to do it? I could live with the compulsory voting because I do believe it's such an important part of our lives. And I get sick of hearing people bleat about the government when they did nothing to influence the result. People who don't vote have no right to complain. But if you have to tick the box, there should be an option of no confidence. Mark Sainsbury, weekdays, 9 till midday on Radio Live. Your news, your views. 
News Hub on Radio Live with the very latest from here and overseas. If we decide to build towns next to rivers, on floodplains, under sea level, you can expect for it to flood. I agree uh, with you. So did Trump do the right thing? Why did he not react to the thousands of Syrian children killed, maimed or dispossessed by the conventional warfare throughout Syria? You have had a sleepless night, haven't you? I was awake all night long. He was a wonderful physical clown, as well as being a brilliant intellectual and a very cerebral comedian. He was just a sweet guy. If it's here, we've got it covered. If it's overseas, you'll know about it. Powered by News Hub, Radio Live. Your news, your views. Radio Live Afternoon Talk. Can you give us an idea of the scale of the donations? What's coming in? Yeah, we've got venison, we've got pork, uh, we've had cattle come in. Uh, you know, I just really think it's been the most uh, generous outpouring of community spirit down here. And the tickle just got somebody who's driven in from Tiaroa. They're just unloading their car um, full of vegetables and, and um, so non-perishables, uh, meat for the families um, who have been displaced from their homes and edged them in the surrounding areas. Radio Live Afternoon Talk, weekdays from midday on Radio Live. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live. And welcome back to Sunday Social. Hey, we've been talking uh, during the break about some of those some of those bizarre and impenetrable acronyms that uh, that teenagers use to communicate with each other online, just so their parents don't find out. Julian, you were looking at the, at those. Some of them caught your eye, didn't they? Yeah, I like to think I'm still. Being young and hip and sitting down with this kind of stuff. But, yeah, I can't believe that the number of, like, PAW parents are watching, P911, you know, parents alert, all this sort of, you know, those are the ones that you want in a PIR, parents in room. You kind of want to know if your kids are sending those messages because they want to do something that uh, that they shouldn't be doing. It would incline me to want to develop something to put on their phone so that if they ever used one of those acronyms that I would be alerted uh, so yes, uh, it wouldn't be. Yeah, just just you know. And, yeah, I suppose my kids aren't yet old enough to try and hide too much. But well, you, you never you know. Kind of start to think about it. Well, if if, like if, if if they do want to hide from you, there's a hundred and ten. There's a hundred and ten terms they can use to uh, to obscure obscure their true intentions from you uh, online. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I can see them. They're, they're, they're probably probably tweeting away right now to uh, who knows who. Hey, we were talking about drones. We were talking about drones before the break and uh, very excited about the Passport Selfie Drone, $500 US, coming from uh, from apple.com. Um, but um, you had a, a bit of a story about uh, rather a bit of, bit, of a, um, bit of a naughty Nigel. I don't know. If, if indeed that was his name, he was from overseas. Um, a, a, a naughty Nehru, I don't know what his name is. Um, a visitor to these fair shores who got up to a bit of strife with his drone on the Auckland Harbour Bridge. I saw this and I immediately thought of you, Mr. Davis, because I was I know flying over the Auckland Harbour Bridge just today. I was up to no naughtiness. How close? Do you, how low can you go? Oh, you can go under it. Are you actually allowed to do that? No, I, I, did, I, I did. I did it once. Um, if you if you look up, um, I don't know. It's on Vimeo, I think. Um, Vimeo. I did a story for a magazine um, last year where I, I, I went to Whangarei and flew a very sophisticated rescue helicopter simulator. And I'm I'm no helicopter pilot, but I can you know hold my own. And I flew that under the Harbour Bridge. That was quite good fun. And it felt very real sitting there in that simulator, I have to say. There's a, there's a video online. In the simulator, yeah. Yeah, in the simulator. Um, but no, you, the, you, you cannot legally go under. I've, I've, I've seen 
an aeroplane fly under the Golden Gate Bridge some years ago. Um, just, just I was standing there just in San Francisco looking at the bridge and, and this aeroplane gets closer and closer and closer and under it went. I wonder what sort of trouble the pilot got into. Well, it was it was it was a long time ago. It was pre nine eleven, so um, they just got a fine. They just got a fine. Well, that's what happened with this bloke who landed his drone on the harbour bridge. Landed his drone actually on the harbour bridge. That's that's not strictly correct. The drone landed itself on the harbour bridge because it got out of range or something, or got too close to an object or whatever, and the drone said, "Oh, this is not good. I better land." And yes, as you could imagine. Like, I imagine it's hard enough if you're flying a plane and then suddenly you see a drone somewhere in front of you and you have to avoid it. But if you're driving a car across the Harbour Bridge, you wouldn't expect to see someone's autonomous flying vehicle sort of landing in front of you. Right there in front of you. Although you'd smile if, if, if you saw one because it might be one of those Apple ones taking a, taking a, a picture <laughs> of you. So you wouldn't want to look shocked. Always smile you'd, for you'd, the drone. You'd want to look staunch. I, I think what happened, so I was reading this story too, uh, it said that it automatically landed because it was about to enter restricted airspace, and that rings true. It's a very mm. smart drone uh, because north of the Harbour Bridge is the edge of Fenuapai, which is the um, Air Force base, ed- edge of the control zone. So there's, the drone probably went, oh, restricted airspace, I will land, and it landed on the bridge. 500 buck fine, though. I suppose it's not... Well, I guess if you're visited in New Zealand and you're sort of... You know, that would be a bit of a shock to the system, but it's not that much when you consider the potential harm that could come. It could do a heck of a lot of harm. You know, you've hey, got to know the rules before you fly one of these things, don't you? That, that's the thing. That's the thing. And, and you know, when you, when, you, uh, when you buy one online or you, you, you zip into JB Hi-Fi or wherever you, and, you, and you buy this drone, or indeed someone just gives you one under the Christmas tree, came out wrong, um, Who's to say that you know the rules? So there's a website, Airshare. I think it's airshare.co.nz. Have a look. But the rules, basically, let's go through them. There's only five. And and I'm, I'm a bit nanny state about this because I fly a real aeroplane and I don't want to be killed by a drone, please. Uh, number one, fly only in daylight. So pretty much if you ever see a really cool night shot of, um, you know, Christchurch downtown, well, that would be dark, wouldn't it? Um, but if you ever see a you know, beautiful cityscape at night, breaking the rules, uh, have consent from anyone you want to fly over. That's a good one. Including roads. Yeah, would you mind if I flew over your your property? Um, Don't fly in special use airspace, which is, you know, military operating areas. Uh, Don't fly higher than 400 feet and uh, take all steps possible to minimise hazards to people, property and, this is my favourite, other aircraft because one of those little suckers is going to kill me one day. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it, those rules? It really does sound simple. Apparently, for the moment, Auckland Council Parks is okay. You're allowed to fly over Auckland Council Parks. Julian, we don't deal in, apparently, here at Radio Live Sunday Social. We, we put the link on the website. I, and I know like the, the, on the, website. the the rules the rules uh, about parks and drone flying differ uh, from one part of the country to the other. So it's it a little bit of a minefield. You know, if if I, if I were going to fly a drone, I would fly I would fly the drone from this um, from this next little story from a, a and, and I thought this was fake. I thought this was fake, but apparently it's real. A British company called Windhorse. Aerospace, it's like a farting horse, a, a wind horse aerospace, oh, that's good. is combining disaster relief and delivery of food with drone technology in a rather unusual way. They are proposing to make a drone with a wingspan of nine feet. So it's quite a big drone, right? Nine feet. Nine feet. That's, that's, that's you with your hand above your head, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's going to be 
edible. They're going to make it from food. Do you believe this? Sounds like a Kickstarter project that it, I wouldn't It does fund. start a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking to make it from food. So protein and carbohydrate and fat and all that good stuff that when it lands, not only does it have a cargo, but you can eat the drone itself. Um, and this is, this, is where, this is where I became really dubious, but apparently it's true. Well, we do sometimes deal in apparently here at Radio Live Sunday Social. <laughs> um, salami. Salami is the front runner, not titanium, not aerospace-grade aluminum, salami. Not much good for vegetarians. Oh, that's a really good point, but um, who cares? Who actually cares? If I'm going to develop something so magnificent as a drone that can, uh, that, can, that can not just deliver food but be edible, I am not going to, you know, hold the bus just to make sure it's made of vegetables. I'm really not. The first thing that springs to mind... If you can get within close enough radius to fly a drone, why wouldn't you just sort of deliver a truck full of food if people needed it? Because drones, Julian, drones. It's the, drones. Internet, it's the internet of things. I, I, I had a text and I had a text in from a caller congratulating me on my, my, my witticism in the, uh, in, in, the, in the first half interview, which I loved that interview, bouncing up and down on the trampoline. It's an internet-connected trampoline, a.k.a. the Internet of Springs. Is that funny? That's pretty good. That's, yeah, some, that's, that's, pretty good. that's some pretty funny that's stuff. That's a pretty cool sounding trampoline. Yeah, it is a very. We should have cool. got should have got these these guys on the floor here to do the to do the testing. Oh, it's a, it's a neat trampoline. It's a really neat trampoline. You can play games as you as you trampoline, which is kind of cool. Hey, um, long weekends, long weekends. Uh, can, they can be very lonely times. Very lonely times, Julian. And have you been lonely this weekend, Vaughan? I've I've been too busy to be lonely. Would you know? For mm. for, for me. Um, as a, you know, more well, the, the buzzword is founder, but for, you know, for someone owning a small business, um, a four-day weekend is just, is just four, four days to get stuff done. The phone doesn't ring. There are no meetings. You can actually get some work done. You know, but I, loneliness, yeah. loneliness bites hard, yeah. and you've got a gadget to cure that loneliness. I've got well, I don't quite got it, but I saw it on the internet. Harmony. Yeah, and Vaughan and I being together on the radio means we have to talk about something like this. The first sex robot to offer an emotional connection with a human lover. I am yeah, sick. Awesome. I, for one, am sick of sex robots that do not offer me an emotional connection. So you're saying this problem's been solved? It's it's been solved. I mean, have you ever had you know? It just when it feels like it's just a machine, it's just it's just no fun. I but was one, I was she's... married for for 19 years, Julian. I I, I know about this. Yeah, me too. Uh, she's prone to falling in love with you, apparently. She's prone either. to falling in love. Her name is Harmony. 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 Yeah. Google you, can, it. you can Google her, but just make sure no one is looking over the uh, over your shoulder at the pictures. Hey, thank you so much, Spring Free, the fancy uh, trampolines, Julian Waters, and, of course, Kyron Black. Kyron Black is back. He's back in the booth. Uh, after the break, getting really into the swing of, uh, of Easter, so do stay tuned. I'm Vaughan Davis. I will be back with you this time next week. Nighty-night. Radio.